0: Today on Locked On Ducks, Anaheim finishes their four game road trip with a back to back in the next two days and other miscellany. All of this on today's Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, it is hump day. It is Wednesday, January 15th, and this is Locked on Ducks, your daily podcast covering the Anaheim Ducks. Don't forget, you'll get fresh daily content Monday through Friday. And be sure to check out the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or try looking manually on Apple or Google Podcasts. And be sure to subscribe if you have not already. Also, we're on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks, or follow me personally at StimpyJD. As I mentioned, the Ducks have two more road games on this road trip. Hmm, how have they done so far on this road trip? They haven't won a game. So, we have to look ahead to Nashville and Carolina. Two pretty good teams. Two pretty solid teams. Uh, The last time the Ducks played, they lost on the road. They've lost four in a row. And I mentioned this last time, the Ducks have not won two games in a row since early November or even October. So it's been a while. Uh, They lost against St. Louis. They lost against the Blackhawks. So really, they are looking to win both of these games. If the Ducks lose even one of the next two games, they will go into the All-Star break last place in the Western Conference. So there's that at stake. Let's do a quick preview of the game at Nashville. The Predators are led by Roman Yossi. Philip Forsberg's been pretty good. Nick Beninos looked pretty good lately, the former Duck. Uh, He's got four points on his last five games. But really, it is all about the goaltending for Nashville. Um, Nashville actually has one of the worst save percentages in the entire National Hockey League. They're at an 897, which is among the worst. The Ducks have a better save percentage than Nashville for what it's worth. Um, once again, John Gibson is leading the way with a 9.05 save percentage, which is just below league average. Pekka Rene is 15-10, but he has an 8.96 save percentage. How does someone with a worse save percentage have a better record than John Gibson? Well, look at the team around Nashville. Nashville has a bunch of scores, The Ducks do not. Also, you, have, you see Saros, who has an 8.97 save percentage and a 6-7 and 7 record. So, really, the Natural Predators are not an awful team. You know, they're not that good on the power play just like the Ducks are. In fact, both teams are in the bottom 10 as far as power play. The Natural Predators are second to last in penalty kill with only a 73.4% kill rate. As far as other stats go, the Natural Predators, they're all about scoring. They are 8th in the league in scoring with 3.36 goals for and a 3.2 goals against. The Ducks are a better defensive team, but the Natural Predators score more. Uh, Last time these two met, it was only 10 days ago where the Ducks won in a very memorable and pretty fun shootout against the Natural Predators. And that was a game that took place on Sunday, January 5th. So that was kind of a fun one. Uh, the Ducks are looking to just get healthy after the All-Star break. They are limping their way into the break. You know, still no Jakob Silverberg. I would just leave him out. Still no Nick Ritchie. Still no Derek Grant, the Elite 1C. He's still going to be out for a period of time. So the Ducks are just missing players. And with only two games left before the break, before the long break for the Ducks, because they start the bye week after Friday's game, and they don't play until 10 days after that against the San Jose Sharks. So, if I'm the Ducks, just kind of get through these next two games, rest up, reset, and then see what happens. But they're looking to at least try to get something going versus Nashville. If the Ducks can score against them, and Nashville is not a great defensive team, and if the Ducks can get into some power plays, Nashville is not a very good penalty-killing team, then maybe Anaheim will have some kind of chance. As far as the standings go, Nashville is on the outside looking in currently. Actually, yeah, they're on the outside looking in. They are five points out of a playoff spot. They're right behind the Vegas Golden Knights, but they're down there with the likes of Chicago, Minnesota, San Jose. Anaheim is obviously dead last. Then we get into the second game of that back-to-back. The back end is going to be against the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina recently just beat up on the LA Kings. And they're looking to do the same thing against the Anaheim Ducks. Carolina right now is in a wild card spot. Those bunch of jerks in Carolina who sometimes masquerade as the Hartford Whalers, they're looking to continue their winning ways. They are 27-17-2 at the time of this recording. Look, Carolina is a fantastic team. I don't know how they are somehow in a wild card spot. I mentioned way, way back in October that I had Carolina possibly winning the division. I don't think that's going to happen anymore, but I still believe in Carolina. I still think they're going to get a playoff spot. Uh, Justin Williams is going to come back soon. We don't know exactly when. Uh, But Carolina, they're led by, you know, Sebastian Ajo. Dougie Hamilton has been a very good player, very solid player for the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't see how Carolina can possibly lose that game, to be honest with you. Uh, Peter Marazic, and especially Reamer, they've both been pretty solid goalies. They've both been, you know, at about league average. Reamer's been above league, league average. He's got a 9-17 save percentage. He's 10-6. Marazic is 17-11. Carolina is a very solid team. They're 12th in goals. They're 8th in goals allowed. They have a tremendous defensive output. Once again, Dougie Hamilton is one of the best defensemen in the entire National Hockey League. Um, The power play for Carolina is solid. They're eighth in the league in power play, 22% conversion rate. So I don't know how Anaheim is going to manage to score goals against a good defensive team, but also try to get out of the penalty box because Carolina just scores goals on the power play. Although the last time these two teams met, it was all the way back in October 18th. So this seems like an eternity ago. But the Ducks beat up on Carolina 4-2 at the Ponda. But that was a different Ducks team. That was a Ducks team that got off to a very hot start and had all their guys in. I mean, Derek Grant is that much of a difference, let's face it. You know, once they get the Elite 1C back, I think the Ducks will be a little bit better off. So we'll see if the Ducks can at least get one win on this back-to-back. I'm going to... Be honest here and say, I don't know if I'm going to count on the Ducks winning both of these games. They could win one game, and if they're going to win one, it would be the game against Nashville. And if they don't beat Nashville and don't beat Carolina, they'd go into the break on a six-game losing streak. That is not a good look for the Anaheim Ducks. Welcome back to Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. All right, I'm going to be honest here. Talking about the Ducks for the entirety of the show is not easy. We are in Southern California. There is another news story that has not only shook the sports world, but it has angered many SoCal sports fans. And what I mean by that is baseball fans. Yes, typically Ducks fans are going to be Angels fans. But there is that subset of Anaheim Ducks fans that are also Los Angeles Dodgers fans. I actually know a few of them. So that subset of fans are not only upset, they're furious at the news that's taken place over the last 48 hours. And that has to do with the Astros and the Red Sox. In particular... The 2017 Houston Astros and the 2018 Boston Red Sox. Both of those teams beat the L.A. Dodgers in consecutive World Series. So what happened? Well, the Houston Astros had a monumental event happen to them where there was sanctions taken down from Commissioner Rob Manfred that the Astros would um, face sanctions for sign stealing, for cheating, for cheating for banging trash cans inside the dugout for electronically stealing signs. And here's what went down. A.J. Hinch, the manager for the Astros, was suspended one year. Jeff Lunau, the GM for the Astros, he was suspended for a year. Former Astros assistant GM Brandon Tobman was put on baseball's ineligible list. In other words, it's a pretty much a lifetime suspension for him. The Astros lost first and second round draft picks in both 2020 and 2021, and there was a fine of $5 million, which is the maximum amount allowed under the MLB rules. Look, this is where I get to rant a little bit. That is not enough. That is a light punishment. I mean, yes, some fans are saying, wow, that's unprecedented. Yes, it's unprecedented, but it's not enough. Where's the forfeiture of international pool money? Where's that going to take place? If you really want to punish a team, you've got to come down a little bit harder than that. No, I'm not saying that they have to get rid of their rings and hand them over to the Dodgers. Because no cheating took place during the World Series, as far as we know. I mean, that World Series took place. The Dodgers lost that one themselves. Right. But I'm not saying that the rings have to be handed over. If you want the harshest of punishments, vacate that World Series. Just leave it as no champion. That might make Dodger fans feel better. You know, having international poll money relieved of Houston, that might help. But having these punishments, that does not seem to be enough for Dodger fans. It is kind of a slap in the face and kind of an insult. So Dodger fans were pissed. They were extremely furious at all of this. In fact, Major League Baseball came out with a comment just on the 13th that really pissed a lot of people off. And I'm going to read the whole quote just because of how ridiculous it sounds. Quote, All clubs have been asked by Major League Baseball not to comment on today's punishment of the Houston Astros as it's inappropriate to comment on discipline imposed on another club. Hmm. The Dodgers have also been asked... Not to comment on any wrongdoing during the 2017 World Series and will have no further comment at this time. End quote. Hmm, what the hell is that? First off, all clubs are not going to comment. If you're the Dodgers, how the hell can you not comment on that? The Dodgers were the ones that were, you know, the victims in this because they lost the World Series to those cheaters. I'm just going to say it. They cheated. All right. Is it inappropriate to comment on that? I guess it's inappropriate. But players are going to say what they want to say. Fans are going to say what they want to say. You know what? The fans are saying plenty. They're saying plenty on this. You know, you look at the Twitter feed of Mario Lopez. He's downright pissed off. And then you go on to the quote that they're asked not to comment about the World Series. Really? Rob Manfred is basically trying to put a muzzle on the Dodgers and ask him not to badmouth his league. Rob Manfred is quickly becoming you know, person I mean, he's becoming one of the worst commissioners in all of sports. He's making Gary Bettman look really good right now. That's how bad it is in Major League Baseball. Compounded with that, that it was found that the Red Sox were cheating, and that makes it even worse. Because you're talking about two teams that have cheated the Dodgers. It cheats several players. You know, if it wasn't for the cheating, you Darvish may not have been run out of town. If not for the cheating maybe Clayton Kershaw's legacy would not be tarnished and Clayton Kershaw would have his first World Series victory. Consider that. You know, Kershaw had a pretty decent postseason that year. And what, we're going to blame Kershaw because they didn't win a World Series? No, you blame you Darvish for that because Darvish blew two games in that series. That's who the blame goes to. So going back to the Astros, you know, There's one constant between both the Astros and the Red Sox, and that is Alex Cora. In fact, there was a report from The Athletic last year on November 12th that said that uh, Alex Cora, the team's bench coach at the time, was was one of the masterminds of the Houston Astros sign-stealing scheme. And this goes all the way back to November 13th, 2019 were three players, or three people, A.J. Hinch, Alex Cora, and Carlos Beltran. You know, they were being investigated into the whole thing. Now, Alex Cora, he was the team, he was Houston's bench coach in 2017 before becoming the manager for the Red Sox in 2018. Carlos Beltran was a DH and an outfielder in that season. And there were multiple sources that said that they were not the only members of the team who participated in that scheme. You know, other players may have been involved. That's according to the article from The Athletic. And how it worked was there was a camera in center field and a TV monitor placed along the home dugout of Minute Maid Park. And then they would bang trash cans if they saw an off speed pitch coming. And, you know, Mike Fires was one of those guys who didn't like it. And in fact, Mike Fires has been helping with that investigation. Yes, I know this is kind of a crossover between this and Locked On Dodgers, Locked On Angels. You know, my buddy Taylor Blake Ward, he does Locked On Angels. You know, this whole thing is just ridiculous. You know, Commissioner Rob Manfred, he's saying that any discipline for the Astros would be based upon the investigation findings. So far, they have brought down their hammer on the Astros, or I guess somewhat of a hammer. However, there are sources saying that Alex Cora's punishment could be much worse. Of course, Alex Cora is part of both schemes, both the Astros and the Red Sox. And in fact, yesterday, Alex Cora was fired by the Boston Red Sox. Do you think it would make Dodger fans feel better if Alex Cora got, I don't know, a lifetime suspension, a lifetime ban? I don't think that's going to happen. I don't anticipate that happening, but I think Alex Cora will get a harsher punishment than AJ Hinch with his part in both the Astros and Red Sox sign-sealing schemes, although both schemes are different. The Astros used the monitors and relayed that to the home dugout, whereas the Red Sox, they used the monitors to decipher the changing, I guess, patterns of the signs. It is still sign stealing, but they used it more to decipher those codes. So that's where both of them differ. You know, no players are going to be disciplined. No players have been disciplined. I don't know if any players are going to face any suspensions or not. And discipline for Alex Cora was not determined on the Astros side because base MLB is still trying to complete its investigation of the Boston Red Sox for their own sign stealing allegations. And that was reported by The Athletic last week. So we're looking at some major sanctions just for him. And the suspension of AJ Hinch, that's the longest for a manager since Pete Rose over 30 years ago. And Pete Rose voluntarily accepted a lifetime ban. That was for gambling. So I guess gambling is worse than cheating. Is that what we're saying right now? Yeah. I do not blame Dodger fans for being that pissed. And once we get to the Astros-Angels series in the first weekend of April, you know fans are going to be booing the ever-loving crap out of the Houston Astros. Unfortunately, that first game takes place on opening night for the Angels. That's the same night as a Ducks-Kings game and also a Rain goals game. So I definitely i am not going to be at Angel Stadium. I'll be around sports, I just won't be at Angel Stadium, so I won't get to hear the hear the incessant booing. However, wait until Major League Baseball's All-Star Game, which happens to be at Dodger Stadium this year. Those Astros players are going to be booed relentlessly, and those might be some of the loudest boos in all of Major League Baseball, might be the loudest boos of the season. And this quote from Mike Fires, you know, he said, quote, that's not playing the game the right way. They were advanced and willing to go above and beyond to win. End quote. I mean, yes, they did go above and beyond to cheat. Yeah, I'm I'm angry about it. As you can tell, I'm angry about the whole thing because, you know, this common denominator cheats certain players out of, I guess, helping their legacy. And I feel worst for the players of the Dodgers. You know, they won this many divisions in a row and have nothing to show for it. You know, it's a very flagrant example of electronic sign stealing. It's bad. Yes, there was a memo that was put out by the league in 2017. And I'm going to go back a little bit because on September 2017, Rob Manfred punished the Red Sox and the New York Yankees, by the way, for conduct related to electronic sign stealing. And this is from the article from The Athletic the league statement accompanying the punishments, fines for each team included a stern warning and a memo for the entire league. Here's the memo, quote, all 30 clubs have been notified that future violations of this type will be subject to more serious sanctions, including the possible loss of draft picks, end quote. And we've seen that happen with Houston. So what's going to happen with Boston now? How's that going to play out? Alex Cora is going to be suspended for a very, very long time. I don't know what's going to happen with the Red Sox. That's going to come out maybe in the coming days, maybe in the coming weeks. We don't know. All we know is that, you know, it's cheating. It's cheating. That's what it is. Welcome back to Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez and bit of a shockwave in the National Hockey League and I will peel back the curtain once again. I make no qualms that I do record this on separate times. Sometimes I'll record the first or second segment or both the day before and then I'll record the third and final segment in the morning or the last two segments in the morning. So I had this whole thing planned out where I was going to go around the league and talk about Sidney Crosby coming back to the Penguins or looks around the league to see how each team is doing in the standings. But there was a shockwave in the National Hockey League this morning. And I think many people are still trying to process this, that the Las Vegas Golden Knights have fired their head coach, Gerard Gallant, after two and a half seasons heading the Vegas Golden Knights. And also Mike Kelly. They've also been relieved. So, yeah, um, the Vegas Golden Knights general manager, Mike Kelly, has been fired. And Gerard Gallant, the only head coach the Vegas Golden Knights have ever known, have been fired as well. Before we get into the rehiring, um, I thought this was a very bizarre timing of this relieving to take place. Because Vegas is on the road right now. They play the Ottawa Senators next. But that's not tonight. That's taking place tomorrow night. So, here's some ranks for the golden Knights this is what surprises me the most and I'm gonna read these out loud expected goals four percentage 54.84 percent that's second in the league uh corsi four percentage 53.6 third in the league other percentages like that are top five in the league FF percentage SF percentage like a lot of these five on five stats. Vegas ranks in the top 10 in the National Hockey League in almost all of them. So for this firing to take place now is just completely baffling and shocking to me, which tells me that the NHL is, you know, crazy. The NHL is crazy this year. I don't know what to make of the whole thing. As far as the firing goes, this is the seventh firing this season for an NHL coach. Seven coaches have been fired this season. 18 head coaches have been relieved of their duties in the past two seasons. That is more than half of the NHL, which tells you just how crazy everything is. I mean, I could go down the list of all the firings. You know, the recent one, you know, with Dallas, you know, he, um, the Dallas Stars, rather. That coach got fired. You know, there's just so, so many. Uh, The Golden Knights recently came off of a loss to Buffalo, of all teams you know buffalo beat vegas four to two was that really the last straw because buffalo is not a terrible team they're not the best team but they're not terrible either and you got to think that vegas is easily going to beat ottawa but why fire him before you face ottawa and montreal on thursday and saturday it just does not make much sense to me so those were like some good stats to look at as far as vegas is concerned Um, Gerard Gallant has been a great coach for Vegas. I'm not going to deny it. He's been excellent. So, you know, it, it's just baffling to me and I'm sure locked on Golden Knights and locked on Sharks is going to have something to say about that. Why the Sharks? Well, the Sharks are the biggest rival of the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, Vegas hired a new head coach right away. They hired Pete DeBoer. Yes, that Pete DeBoer. 36 days after being let go by the San Jose Sharks, Pete DeBoer is now the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Yes, that Pete DeBoer. What the hell is going on in the National Hockey League? That is completely baffling. And there's one report that said that Vegas fired Gallant because DeBoer was available. Really? That's the reason why he got fired? Because DeBoer was available? Are you saying that Pete DeBoer is a better coach than Gerard Gallant? I mean, in two and a half seasons, Gallant had a record of 118, 75, and 20. That's the ninth most points in the NHL. And this is an expansion team. They were an expansion team. He led them to the cup final as a first year team. But don't worry, don't worry. I'm sure several teams are going to be calling For Gerard Gallant, hey, maybe the LA Kings will hire Gallant, quote, because he's available, end quote. Not that Todd McClellan isn't doing much better of a job. You know, maybe Dallas Eakins will get the axe, although there is no indication that Dallas Eakins is going to be fired from the head coach of the Ducks. You know, it is his first season. And Eakins did bring up a lot of these current Ducks, so there's no reason why Eakins has to be fired right now. But Gerard Gallant, He's not going to be without a job for long. He's going to find somewhere else to go. And honestly, some reporters are not completely surprised by the Gallant firing just because they have been struggling at times this season. That's just because of bad luck, really. You know, puck luck hasn't gone Vegas' way on more than a couple of occasions this season. It's just weird that out of all coaches to come back, you hire the coach of your biggest rival, Pete DeBoer. So we're going to hear more fallout about that in the coming days. So I definitely check out Locked on Sharks and Locked on Golden Knights if you want to hear more about the firing of Gallant and the hiring of Pete DeBoer. This is going to be a fascinating last couple months of the season, I'll tell you what. Uh, With that, I think it's a good spot to end today's show. And a preview of what's going to come. Tomorrow is Thursday, which means we're going to have our weekly look into the San Diego goals. And Friday is going to be a bit of an expansion on talking about the goals. And then we'll also go over Thursday night's game. And then we'll end the week going into the bye week. Next week, I already have a special interview planned. I'll tell you guys more about that on Friday's show. So be sure to stay tuned to that. Stay locked in to Locked On Ducks. You can hear this podcast or any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network, or really for Locked On Ducks, on Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or you can look us up on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks, or follow me personally at StimpyJD. If you want to chat hockey, and if you want to talk about this bizarre firing, hit me up on Twitter or you can email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. Once again, LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. I think we're all still trying to get over the shock waves that just happened an hour or two ago. So, you know, it's going to be a fun break week. I'll, I'll just say that right now. It's going to be fun watching the Sharks and the Golden Knights take each other out. That's going to be fascinating. Well... For Locked on Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the hump day. I'll see you at the rink and stay cool, Anaheim.